With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is the Between the Robes podcast. Brian Fritz along with Michael Wiseman back for your daily or make that your weekly installment. Some people would like it to be daily. I don't have that kind of time commitment right now. Um, Michael does, though. He's always on call to uh, be available for Between the Ropes. Uh, thanks uh, for you. I record a daily podcast on my own. This is what I do in my personal time. Is it under a pseudonym or something? What am I missing here? Oh, I don't ever actually upload it. Actually, come to think of it, I don't actually record it. Actually, come to think of it, I just talk to myself a whole lot. So, you know, if you want that, though, follow me on uh, the social media channels. We appreciate that. So, um, everybody, uh, thanks again for uh, listening, for downloading, for subscribing to the Between the Ropes podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the TuneIn app, and we're also on SoundCloud. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate it. And you can also support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com backslash between the ropes disclaimer here at the beginning of this um as i've noted in the past sometimes i have some issues with my voice with my throat today is going to be one of those days and i'm going to fight through it i'm going to try not to cough on the air today if i do i apologize and please do not um get mad at me because you have been forewarned michael (laughs) will make fun of me just because he likes to do it i know that already but i'm having an issue like right now so i will do this you said, don't get mad at me. Like, people are like, ah, that Fritzy's always coughing. Like, like he's annoying as hell. So, well, I have my finger know. on the trigger button. Like, and that is mute. So, that's what I'm going to be doing. Because when I feel it coming on, because you can kind of, you can sense it. Like, you, you can kind of mm-hmm. hear it. My voice starts tailing off. That's like a superpower. When, right. Like a, that's when like- I will hit mute, disappear for a second. I will cough. And then I will pop back up with my voice sounding brand new and refreshed. Like a superpower, right? Like spider senses. Spider senses tingling. So, my, you have my, to... yeah, it's like my kryptonite. Kryptonite. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. So, We're doing something. That we nobody cares about your coughing, Brian. Everybody's cool with it. Everybody true. loves you. I'm gonna go it's and cough good. again while you talk. You got a superpower here. Um, we can't we can't tell you what we're doing, but we have a slightly different setup tonight for the podcast. First off, I'm rocking a new mic. Um, secondly, we are playing around with some features, some formats and things we're going to do new that we're in mania season. It's exciting. We want to blow it all up. Um, so I'm I'm not going to spoil too much because we don't know how it's all going to work out. We're bringing back some old features that fans have asked about for a long time. I will say this. If you are a fan of the podcast, please, please, please go to Patreon and subscribe. It is the best way to support what we're doing and our continued efforts to grow uh, we're kind of in another growth phase here between the ropes so please 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 what is that what is that url brian for patreon you go to patreon.com backslash between the ropes 
So I got another ask for you. Um, obviously, we'd love for you to write and review, but if you haven't already and you love our audio work, um, go to youtube.com uh, slash between the ropes and um, follow some of our video work because there is a possibility potentially that we're going to be doing uh, some more of that in the coming weeks and months. Yes. So definitely months. months. Absolutely. Mania season is fantastic and mania season is coming and we got interviews lined up for days. So. Well, we are uh, we have been officially invited to be a part of WrestleMania Radio Row, which mm-hmm. will take place on the Friday before WrestleMania, and that's where we get a bunch of different interviews with WWE talent. And um, I don't know who's going to be there. We never know who's going to be there until literally we show up, and it's like, hey, there's so and so. But um, so we will be having a bunch of video interviews with talent. Plus, we're going to have some other. Uh, Video from uh, WrestleMania week that we are already planning. Some of it will be interviews. Some of it will just be uh, the two of us clowning around at WrestleMania. Yeah, access. We're going to be getting all the access on the access floor and making terrible jokes while we do it. I am hoping, you know, uh, we've talked about possibly doing uh, two-person interviews this year, which would be fun. But I am just hoping we get The Miz because he is my white whale, Brian. We saw him. We were close. We were so close. We were so close one time. And... The, I think the thinking is that if we get the Miz, mm-hmm. I might let you speak to the Miz on your own, and that way awesome. you could you could drown on your own too. Like if something goes wrong, it, it's just on you. But and I won't be there. I'll just be operating the camera. I have a notebook of questions I've always wanted to ask the Miz. Questions like, um, what kind of product do you use in your hair? Um, what is it like to be the Miz? Yeah, by How the way, awesome. The, are you really WrestleMania twenty four? When it was here in Orlando, um, I did interview the Miz. And the first question I did ask him was about product and how he gets his hair that way. What did he say? Did you take detailed notes and and, and transcribe it? I have the interview somewhere. You can listen to it. So I'm I'm sure we can dig that up and you can find out. Can we just repost that to social media channels? Just just the Miz. I just want to hear. That's what everybody wants, Brian. The people want the Miz. I spoke to the Miz that day right after the reading library challenge. And my first question was literally about his hair. Mm. That's that's impressive. A reading library challenge. How do you do your hair? That's that's perfect. Did yes. you hear Sam Roberts on the pre-show say uh, the Miz has had the best year of his career? People are saying this now. He claimed to be the guy who liked the Miz for everybody else. So screw him. The Miz is my guy, but the Miz has had a fantastic year. We've been liking the Miz for a long time. I mean, uh-huh. we even talked about him cashing in the briefcase back in the day, and that happened. Where? Right here in Orlando. I was there. I was with a friend. Two other friends of ours were sitting near us, and we had been wondering the entire show if that could happen. And then when it did happen, and The Miz came running down to the ring, we had the four-man, white guy, awkward, (laughs) high-five, mark-out moment. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And And then he cashed in, and then he had a real match. He didn't just, like, cash in and win it instantly and take advantage of a downed opponent. Randy Orton had a bad ankle or whatever it was, but they had a real match and Miz won it. But um, we were there for that. And um, so, yeah, I I was on the Miz bandwagon back then. Then I kind of, you know, got off it there for a little while, but uh, he said he had a phenomenal 2016. I'm very jealous, very jealous of that fact. Um, That makes me very disappointed. So, you know, I was not there. I should have been. yeah, hey, even the Miz called me out because I got to talk to him a couple weeks about it, and he knew that I was there. Like it was told, like, "Hey, Brian was at the show, and you know he's in Orlando." And he goes, "Be honest with me, you didn't think I was going to win, did you? You didn't think I was going to win." <laughs> he's giving me grief. I'm like, 
Jeez, I've never really even, I met this guy one time for like five minutes years ago. I'm sure he doesn't remember that. So, um, yeah, fun conversation awesome. with the Miz, though. I, I met him, I'm not trying to brag here. I met him a couple of years ago just because I was with somebody else and we were going to get something to eat. And we were in New Orleans and I, we, everybody, we just happened to run into him and he was trying to find something to eat too. And he goes, hi, by the way, I'm Mike. And I was like, hey, nice <laughs> to meet you. He introduced himself as Mike. Yeah, he goes, hi, I'm Mike. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Of course. So, well, we got a ton of stuff to get to. We will uh, talk about the Elimination Chamber um, from this past week. Plus, we will get into uh, more WrestleMania talk and some discussion from uh, different things that happened this week on Raw and SmackDown. We can't go any further without finding out what you're drinking, though. Oh, I almost forgot. How could a, a traveling alcoholic forget about what he's drinking? Um well, tonight, uh, we've had this one before on the podcast. I'm kind of trying to clear out my beer fridge a little bit. By the way, those of you all who are recommending beers to me on the internet, on Twitter, I appreciate it. I need to be able to find these beers. I, I love our overseas fans, but um, if you know a beer is internationally distributed, please recommend those to me because just beers in your backyard don't help me very much. I'm not across the pond ever. Uh, but tonight, Mama's Little Yellow Pilsner, um, brewed and canned by... Oscar Blues Brewery, straight out of Austin, Texas. I love me a good lager. I love me a good Pilsner. So here we go. Nice. And that'll do it. <laughs> it just popped it. all over your face. Oh, my Did Lord. It. <laughs> it's this new microphone setup, right? And it's like at face level this time. And so now I have beer. But, you know, cheers. More yes. beer, the merrier. So um, I know some people have talked about a Between the Ropes get-together in Orlando for WrestleMania. And, I'm and, not and saying, you live in Orlando, right? I, you live I, there. I do live in Orlando. Okay. Um, in fact, I live right around the corner from uh, Full Sail where they tape NXT. Uh, but one of the ideas, and we're not saying we're definitely going to do this, but I think one of the ideas we could do is a Between the Ropes beer bash get-together. Yes. Okay. Got it. That sounds awesome. And we're going to get crazy drunk and play no. beer pong and flip cup. and. Uh, well, I actually know somebody. That's what they do for a living is they go, they work at various, they have a deal with various bars and they do beer pong and they do different games like that. Wait, that's their living? Wait, yes. This is a job somebody can have and make money at. Yes. Like one night he'll toast trivia, then the next night he'll go to a different bar and he'll do beer pong. Okay. And then another night he'll go to another bar and they'll do another game or one of those. So yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. I would I would like to pursue this career. This is a career field I've always been interested in. Quite honestly, I won't even say the person's name here, but you know this person. Oh, you have okay. done business with this person. I've done business with him. Does he? I've done business with him. You've done between the ropes business with him. Okay. Website business with oh, him. Oh, I know who it is. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Does that help a little bit? That, is, that help Does a little that, bit. Without yes. without saying CB's name, but <laughs> <laughs> what what are we thinking? So I I love the idea of a BTR get together, and I know a lot yeah. of our fans are going to be there. Um, probably after one of the shows, right? Maybe after uh, Hall of Fame or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, maybe maybe after NXT is kind of what I was thinking. Oh, maybe I, I like that even better. Yeah, because I got to find a time that works because I I do have some commitments for some other things that are going on. Are you allowed to talk about those at this point? You know what? I have not been told I am not allowed to talk about it, so I will talk about it, okay? okay. And I, I will tell the story here. And it's funny because the person that I, one of the projects I'm going to be involved with, um, I haven't talked to that person about it. But 
their representatives have talked to somebody else who have then since talked to me because somebody else that's involved as well. But anyway, I'm, I'm doing all this kind of cherry <laughs> picking around layers, it. 50 right. shades of gray. So, up in so here. basically um, here's what's going on. I will be one of the hosts. I say one of, but I'll be one of the hosts of the ringside live with Jim Ross shows. They'll be taking place Saturday and Sunday during WrestleMania weekend. Okay. Um, now the other person that is hosting and the person that was initially contacted about this um, and since got them to include me on this duties of hosting is my old buddy Dickerman. Mm. So it will be a bit of a between the ropes reunion with Fritz and Dickerman hosting the Jim Ross shows. That's crazy. A between the ropes reunion is happening, y'all. Uh, but we um, might we might you know break the, the the time warp continuum or something if you show up because you're like a different era of between the ropes. <laughs> I'm like Dickerman's like the attitude era of between the ropes, and I'm yep. like the uh, reality era. Something like that, yes. If maybe if I'm B, the golden now, era. I, I'll say this, man. If B Randall and Vito showed up, it would be like an, an implosion of epic proportions. Can we? So so we're gonna do this BTR possibly beer bash after NXT. Can we invite all of them to come together at one we time? We can. Now Vito lives in South Florida. Okay. And B Randall, who is not a wrestling fan, uh <laughs> lives a couple hours away. So that that could be tough to convince them, but you never know. This is awesome. This is this is I mean, this is what everybody's been asking for. They've been wanting everybody to get together so I can go and tell everybody how much better than them I am. That's, <laughs> sure. The sure. fans have been demanding this moment. If you say so. Facebook live it. We're going to Facebook right. live it. We're going to have beers. So basically, just a quick synopsis about this. So basically, Dickerman got contacted about it. And he's the one that said, hey, you know what? If I can get you, if I can get Fritz, would you want to bring him in? And they said, yes. And so, um, so we're doing it. I have not talked to Jim Ross about this once, just for, for total clear honesty. Now, I'm sure JR knows I'm doing it, and me and Jim know each other, um, but we've never once talked about it, and we have not discussed like what we're doing or anything like that. It, it's nothing difficult, though. It's going to be very easy. I think we know what we're doing, and obviously we will talk about it in advance once we're there at the building. But, um, yeah, it's just it's funny that this is the way they kind of went down, and... So we're now doing this, and like I said, I haven't even talked to Jim Ross about it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Jim Ross will be there, so he'll find out soon enough. But you're, you and Jim Ross are close. He's been on the podcast before. We're I know close. JR very well, yes. So, well, let's get into everything that was going on this past week in wrestling. Um, Actually, let's let's get the political talk out of the way first, okay? Oh, political. I love politics. Let's talk about it. Donald Trump's America. Welcome. Yes. Welcome. So... Linda McMahon officially got sworn in as the leader of the Small Business Administration. So she's the administrator of the Small Business Administration. Something exactly. like that. Exactly. Something like that. Okay. So exactly. Today, and by today, I mean Wednesday, at the White House, the McMahon family was there. So it was, I think it was today, maybe it was yesterday, but it was Vince, Linda, Triple H, Stephanie, Shane McMahon, his wife, and then... Um, maybe all of their kids, when I'm talking about Triple H and Stephanie and then Shane and his wife, all the kids were there with Donald Trump sitting down. They're all in the Oval Office and they took a picture together. And there has been quite the reaction to this from some people. Um, one person even noted out that Stone Cold Steve Austin has <laughs> hit 46% of the people in the picture with a Stone Cold Stunner. 
Hilarious. Hilarious. 40, 46%. I mean, we've got it down to a T and the number of people. Exactly. Oh. The percentage. Which basically was everybody but the kids in the picture. <laughs> like it was and everybody. Shane's, Shane's wife and the kids. Yes. So wait, had, wait. Shane's been hit with a sunner before. Yeah, oh, he's absolutely. been hit numerous times. He's he he's the guy that goes you know head over heels as much as like the Rock does the Rock. when he takes it. The Rock <laughs> is the greatest at taking a stunner because he does the whole you know takes the stunner and then he does like a push up and like bounces off his head and projects yep. himself into the ropes and everything. Um, but Shane McMahon basically does the same thing. There was a uh, a video game where that happened. So I forget which one it was. One of the SmackDown video games. And so you would hit them with a stunner, and every character you hit would do the rock flop backwards. Yeah. The problem with it is, in a wrestling video game, you don't want your opponent close to the ropes after you hit them with a stunner because you want to pin them. And so they would flop over backwards, and you would never be able to beat them because of, of the rope break, and it would kill the three counts. So yeah. that was stupid. But Now, uh, former WWE champion Dave Batista. Not a friend of Donald Trump or a fan mm. of his. Um, really? went, went to Twitter today and somebody had put out this picture and he said, Well, damn, isn't that special? This is actually bleeping happening. Well, on the bright side, SNL is amazing again, just making lemonade here. Um, <laughs> and, and there is quite the response to the McMahons and, you know, Donald Trump as president and the reaction to that. The one thing I will say when it comes to all of this, if you have noticed, WWE has been very, very quiet and has not really said anything about Donald Trump other than I think a day or two after he won the election, they had an article on WWE.com and was noting, you know, that, you know, he is a Hall of Famer, but outside, but the, even that was not promoted heavily Yeah, and they, they've been very quiet about it because they know, you know, what a subject this is, how how divisive it is when it comes to their fan base. And they do not want to alienate or piss off any of their fans. So they have been very, very quiet about the subject of our president. Right. Well, and they should be. I mean, we, we can guess about what the demographics would be for wrestling fans, which president they would support, which candidate they supported. But, you know, I think it's best in this case that we don't go too deep down that grapevine. The problem with a company like WWE, if you become too closely associated with somebody and that person turns out to be bad, cough, cough, Hulk Hogan, right? Cough, cough. Um, it, it looks bad for your company and bad for your business. So smartly, um, you, you can advertise, obviously, he is a Hall of Famer, but smartly distance yourself enough to uh, let things play out on their own. By the way, when I talked about the percentage of the people in that picture that have been hit with a stunner, one of the people is the current president of the United States. <laughs> right. I just want that to soak in. The president of the United States is one of the people in a photo taken that has, in fact, taken a stone gold stunner. That's right. Fans overseas. Imagine your uh, current country's leader being inside of a wrestling ring at WrestleMania with a major stipulation being that their hair gets shaved if their chosen person loses afterwards getting hit with a stone cold stunner and selling it like a champ. Homeboy sold it like a champ that night. Well, putting it mildly, imagine if, you know, the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, or as some people like to call him, Joe, Joe Trudeau. Joe uh, Trudeau. <laughs> imagine if he took a stunner, okay? Uh, you know, I mean, imagine if you're Canadian and you're listening to this and going, wow, Justin Trudeau just took a stone cold stunner. Uh -huh. Um that's the way we are uh, in the United States right now. America's so. weird. America's a weird place to live at this point in our <laughs> it's lives. It's very weird. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Elimination Chamber. So I thought the show was good. 
Um, yeah. the, the main event was very, very good with the six people in it. Um, I I think we we all had an assumption of who was going to win. I mean, the long talk had been that Bray Wyatt was going to leave as a champion, and he was. I think the thing that I liked the most about that match was the fact that he went over strong. There was no cheating. There was no shenanigans. There was no nothing. There's an argument that maybe they could have done some of that, especially between, say, The Miz and John Cena, but they did not do that. In fact, at the end, it was Bray Wyatt, John Cena, and AJ Styles. Bray pinned Cena clean, then pinned AJ Styles clean to win the match. I was most surprised by that. Not that even he went over clean, which was a surprise in and unto itself, but the fact that the match came down to Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles. The Elimination Chamber came down to essentially two heels squaring off. I loved it. I love that fact. Uh, it made sense from a storytelling perspective because I think it also gave fans uh, more of an impetus to see Bray Wyatt win and made that moment feel even specialer. Uh, but it was a great main event from top to bottom. Uh, the new chamber design is, is basically like the old chamber design. They did cover up the rails on the outside, which... While not as impactful, uh, it is safer for the competitors. So it's I a lot safer, that. and I'm happy that they did that because, man, taking bumps on those rails, yeah, that was brutal. So I don't know if those rails are just covered up or what. And I know some people are even, you know, complaining about. Well, it looks like it's some like rubber mat out there. I don't think it's a rubber mat. It's I'm fine with anything as that helps protect the safety of the talent, as long as it's not like a trampoline and they're hitting it and they're bouncing 20 feet up in the air. Right, not like your your carnival league professional wrestling uh, exactly. organizations. So, so to me, it's just like it looks fine. It's safer for the guys. I mean, I think the chamber pods were a little bit lower, so it was easier for guys to do things off the top of the pod. Um, the question that I have is: Is the glass in the elimination chamber pods are they still bulletproof? <laughs> that was not answered, <laughs> and that's always been an important aspect of the elimination chamber because the first time they introduced it. They said that it was bulletproof glass, and I've always wondered, and I haven't yet to see it, and I hope I don't see it, but I'm always wondering, is somebody going to be packing when they come down for the Elimination Chamber? <laughs> right. Well, you, you never know, and and there was the uh, the one night the Undertaker did get caught on fire and ran down to the chamber and got put away in his bulletproof glass, so... Um... It was unbreakable, right? The whole thing was it was it was unbreakable, and then Big Show punched through it or something. We got bored or something. He was hungry. Right. Well, how about the times that people have like tried to hide in their pod because they don't want to come out? Yeah. Including your I, boy, The I, Miz, this time, who did not want to come out as Baron Corbin stood there and was like, come out, come out, let's play. He was waiting to pick his moment. I understand where he's coming from. I mean, he's The Miz. He's awesome. He, he knows what he's doing. So not a coward, but a competitor, as we, as we like to say. But great match. I loved it. It was... A lot of fun. I love the chamber being part of the rotation. Uh, and for SmackDown, it highlighted these guys. Um, Baron Corbin, God, his stock keeps rising in my eyes. I cannot say enough positive things about where he's come from a year ago when I was very dismissive of him to where he is today. And part of that's SmackDown. SmackDown has projected this guy up to another level. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I think the other uh, title that changed hands was Naomi won the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship from Alexa Bliss. Big surprise. Big surprise. A little bit of a sloppy match, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think Naomi has definitely improved over the years. Um, Alexa Bliss, she's okay in the ring. She still um, obviously needs a little bit of work there. Her personality, though, is fantastic. But, sure. I, but I was surprised that they they switched the title there. I, I don't know the reason why, and I guess we'll find out. We'll follow the story. But um, that one just kind of came out of nowhere. So 
I don't know how to feel about it yet, and I we just have to let it play out. I mean, no disrespect to Naomi, right? She has worked really hard to earn her spot after being a funkadactyl after being um, previously on... Uh, she was on that season of Tough Enough with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, well, she's the one that said, what's your favorite match, right? I, I, I can't remember the specifics, oh. but, but, but she's worked hard for her spot, and they've retweaked her gimmick to give her this new, this new persona, which I'm cool with. Um, I, I did find it surprising that she went over on Alexa Bliss, on the other hand, Alexa Bliss got to come out on Tuesday night and cut one hell of a promo. God bless that girl. She is talented in the ring, and she is talented on the mic, so I'm glad they're spotlighting her. Uh, but, you know, congrats to Naomi. Here's what's funny about it. By the way, let me correct myself. That was Cameron, who said Melina versus Alicia Fox was her favorite match of all time. And Stone, <laughs> and Stone Cold was like, what did you say? Like, yes. of all time, of all the matches. And, like, he apologized about it later because she was not a wrestling fan. I mean, she got onto the show, but previous she had really not been a wrestling fan. So, you know, I mean, he's biting into her about uh, if you say Steamboat versus Flair or something like that. But he's, she said Molina versus Alicia Fox. So here, here is here's what I find surprising. If I if I threw out to you, I said Brian, which this was a pay per view spotlighting three women's matches: the women's championship, Natalia versus Nikki Bella and their continuing feud, and Becky Lynch. Versus Mickey James. So if I ask you, Brian, what was your favorite women's match of the night on Sunday night? All three were solid. Um, I, I prefer one over the others. Which was your favorite? Becky Lynch versus Mickey James. Becky Lynch versus Mickey James came out there and kicked the show off on a high note. They had a fantastic match. Natalia versus Nikki was good enough. The women's championship was good enough. Our fans, I did a poll, uh, very scientific. I used Twitter. Um, our fans picked the women's championship as their favorite match of the night. 35% said Natalia versus Nikki Bella. 13% said Becky Lynch versus Mickey James. That's right. 13% said Becky Lynch versus Mickey James was the best. So uh, I disagree with you all. You all are terrible people. Um, well, that's but. interesting because here's the thing too, when you notice this, okay? So Mickey James, now she's what? Mid to late thirties. Yes. She's doing the best wrestling of her life. And, yep. and, and I almost wonder now, when we saw her in her previous run in WWE, she did good work. But I don't think we ever saw this much from her in the ring. Like, we thought she was good. We never thought she was this good in the ring. And she's doing great work. Now, it takes two to tango. And she, at that time, that was not necessarily the strongest time for women's in-ring action. Um, and I'm not trying to blame any one person or take anything away from her, but now we're seeing her properly spotlighted when it comes to her wrestling ability. And and she's really, really good. She is 37 years old, and, and I agree. She's having some of the best matches of her career at this point. After doing a run in TNA, which, you know, doesn't always bring up the best matches in people. I so. do not know this company <laughs> you're talking about. Um, I've heard of an Impact Wrestling, but I don't know about these three... With- with the owl, is that is that the one with the owl? I, face? It's got the the anthem owl is there to answer uh-huh. any questions that you may have. That just screams, you know. I I think of owls and I think of professional wrestling. I'm I'm just who 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 who. Uh I think that's the new day. Oh, that's why. That's I'm waiting for the new day to ask the anthem owl for answers to some questions. It's going to be like the old Tootsie Roll commercials. Do you remember those? Yes. How did you <laughs> How say it? Looks- Tootsie. <laughs> yep. It's not a Tootsie. Aww. You said Tootsie? Tootsie, yeah. Tootsie rolls. I thought it was a Tootsie roll. 
a Tootsie. What is this? Toots. Okay, come on, Toots. Get in here. Yes. You're like Tootsie. What the yeah, hell is that? It's Tootsie. T-O-O-T. Tootsie Roll. Oh, my God. I think you need to watch a commercial and learn how to pronounce it. I think you need to not be from Florida and suck at everything. Floridian. Well, we're not like you Southerners up there in Carolina, okay? Oh, Carolina. <laughs> we're in North Carolina. I need to, no. We're in North Carolina. We don't confuse By the way, us with the, those the damn quickest Southerners. way to piss off Michael and get under his skin is just say, "How's everything going on there in Carolina?" Oh my lord! I have spent some time in South Carolina for my day job recently, and I've learned all sorts of facts about uh, the the different sections of South Carolina. There's like the low country, and then there's like the midstream country, hill country, the, the moonshine country. Yeah. <laughs> their roads are terrible. So here's the controversy. Oh, I've told you this: the controversy in South Carolina is their roads right now, and they got to charge more taxes, and that's a big deal. But those people are crazy down there. Mm. Not like well, us, North Carolina. Yeah. We're, civil, we're civilized. So with the Elimination Chamber Bray Wyatt winning, that means, you know, obviously he's the WWE champion, but he's going to be main eventing WrestleMania. Well, going into this, well, he had to win a match on SmackDown. And, it was a uh, good match. Really good match. Really good match between himself and AJ Styles and Bray Wyatt. Originally, it was just going to be Bray and Cena, and that's the way it had been advertised, but they included AJ in it. By the way, were you ticked off about that? But I, I thought it was stupid because not, not that the match was bad. I, I love the match, but AJ Styles gave up his rematch clause for a lesser chance of winning. And that's what I took issue with. It was weird. But I mean, as a fan that said, oh, well, they're not giving me what they promised. I, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with what they did. That's fine. Yeah. But so, you know, when you came off of Elimination Jim, you're thinking, OK, Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble. So it's going to be him and Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt wins the match on SmackDown. So now we've still got that match for, for Mania. And by the way, I say main event for WrestleMania, but we know it's <laughs> one of the main events, you know, in the technical term for that show. Wait, wait you mean they're not going to put Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt above Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg for the Universal Championship? What? Well, it's not for the Universal Championship yet. <laughs> yet. yet. Um, but... You know, so we're thinking, okay, well, they're gonna they're gonna do this match, you know, come come WrestleMania, and then to end SmackDown right after Bray Wyatt wins this three way match, Randy Orton just says, "You are the master, and I will not face you at WrestleMania." And he gets down on his knees, and Bray Wyatt sits there and chuckles about the whole thing. And now they've announced that on SmackDown next week, they're going to do a battle royal for a new number one contender that will face Bray Wyatt. At WrestleMania, which is very, it's different. I, I yep. want to say strange, but it's something I'm like, there There obviously is a story that's being told here. I think we all agree that Randy Orton will still probably be in this match somehow, but it's just kind of a, a weird little detour they're taking before WrestleMania. It, it's an odd direction, but I think I like it um, because it's different, like you said. Also because it makes sense in this weird way. I... I Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble not knowing Bray Wyatt would be winning the championship. So from a storyline perspective, now he's somewhat dejected. He realizes that Bray Wyatt is his fearless leader. Um, and so he backs down, rightfully so. What I like about it is it opens the door for this feud to go some places over the next month and a half. Keep in mind, we're February 15th right now. WrestleMania is not until April 2nd. So we have all this time in between now and April 2nd. For, uh, what, five weeks, six weeks for Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton to slowly build up this feud. So when it does pay off, uh, it's going to be huge. Now, what they can't do is they can't just completely dismiss the Royal Rumble stipulation. 
because if they do that, the Royal Rumble loses some of its prestige. Well, I think that's the thing that needs to be discussed then because I think Orton's still going to be in the match. Okay, yes. but but I could see a scenario where they said, okay, we're not going to have him in the match. And maybe maybe WWE is saying, hey, we, we need to do uh, something else. We need to go in a different direction. And maybe that different direction is... You know, AJ Styles wins the Battle Royal just because AJ's so hot. Maybe maybe Shane McMahon's not available for the, you know, McMahon, you know, AJ Styles match that we believe is going to happen. Um, I mean, something like that could happen. Um, but I think the more common scenario that we think is Luke Harper could win this Battle Royal and then somehow Randy Orton still is in this match. They do some kind of explanation and the whole Wyatt family basically blows up and now you have a triple threat at WrestleMania. I could dig that. They have been doing a great job of mixing Luke Harper into this whole dynamic. I think the rivalry has already been set between Randy Orton and Luke Harper. So maybe Bray Wyatt brings him back in to say, hey, I need extra backup. What I hope, and this is just me personally, what I hope is that Bray Wyatt retains the championship at Mania. I think this story is interesting now. I was not I did not think this feud needed this championship. I think it's interesting now. I just hope Bray Wyatt gets a title run. It's his first singles championship run in the company. Um he's earned it. Uh, even The Rock tweeted out Sunday night, "Congrats. Uh you've earned it." So, let's hope they carry this beyond Mania and they do more with Bray Wyatt. SmackDown has been a great platform for these guys though. God, I got to praise the SmackDown writing team time and time again for giving guys like Bray Wyatt that chance that they weren't getting before the brand extension. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go. It's it's a curious thing and I'm happy about it that we could be in a scenario where Luke Harper coming off an injury where he was out for a long period of time comes back and now he could be in a featured match at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Which is, it's a strange scenario, but it's one I applaud because, I mean, I think Luke is one of the more underrated guys when it comes to the company, and we haven't seen full, full potential out of yet. But I do agree, agree that Bray Wyatt needs to come out of Mania with the championship. I, I was one of the people that really thought that Randy Orton got down on his knees and, like, before he even said anything, Bray was going to start chuckling, or maybe Randy was going to say what he said, and then he just popped up out of nowhere and hit him with an RKO. I really thought that was going to happen. And then they would explain like at next week's show or even on talking smack, like why he did what he did or whatever. But, you know, they're holding off on that. And, you know, I, I think that the interesting thing that you're going to have to do now when it comes to the explanation of it all is if Randy is in fact in that match and he's saying now that he will not face Bray, what happens? That That's going to be the thing. Because remember, he has not said officially I am turning down the championship match. All he said is, you are the master, I am whatever, and uh, as long as that is the, the, the situation, I will not face you. So, the the turn could have been fun, but they literally just did it on Monday night, a very similar situation between um, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. So I'm glad they didn't go back to that well yet. I think what they did was maybe even more interesting than just having him turn like everybody expected. Let's talk about the Festival of Friendship. A Festival of Friendship. Did it you, was a you, festival. Did you feel like they were trying to bring back uh, the This Is Your Life segment? for Absolutely. For, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Jericho was out there and he did the big intro and he comes out to the ring with showgirls. And he's got on like a sparkly hat, like a fedora, and he's all happy and 
Kevin Owens is just kind of sauntering out there. And by the way, previously on the show, we saw this shot in the back where Kevin Owens is meeting with Triple H and they're discussing whatever. Uh-huh. But anyway, the way that they did this, the entire setup was fantastic. Give everybody involved, especially Jericho, uh, Jericho and Owens a ton of credit. Owens for being as deadpan as he was. Jericho for playing it up the way that he did and hit all the high marks. But it was extremely well done. Yeah, I that whole segment was so much fun. It did remind me of the This Is Your Life segment because of of just how unique and spe- they do a lot of these weird segments sometimes in Raw that just don't go anywhere. I was thoroughly entertained the entire time. Part of that's because how well Chris Jericho sold the moment. But yeah, it was it was fun and it had a great payoff. And and you could see the wheels turning for Kevin Owens at each stage, how uh, more indifferent he became, how more frustrated he became. And a huge surprise. I don't think fans were expecting the turn to happen yet. I was not. I was expecting we still had a couple more weeks and maybe something happened at uh, at, at Roadblock. Right. Uh, but but it was fun. It was a good turn. It reminded me of the Janetti Shawn Michaels turn. Um, that's that's great. Well, I mean, so they had the little pieces of it. So Chris Jericho introduced a sculpture by Ralph Guggenheim, which I think was a throwback to Ralphus a little bit. I'm just yeah. guessing. Um, it was a very sensual sculpture of uh, a person. And, two and, two people intertwined and then like uh-huh. kissing or something. Kind of yeah. like that. But um, yeah, you know, she spent $7,000 for, which is more than the uh, the utterly ridiculous Geratron, you know, 6,500. Um, and they did that. The creation of Adam painting was unbelievable it was beautiful Uh, the creation of kevin which (laughs) jericho said you should put that up in your house to which kevin owens said i have two kids and jericho said well it's art you don't need to wear pants which i thought was funny as hell it was it was i I was just like you don't don't have to wear pants so (laughs) uh but i mean as it as it continued on i mean that by the end of it they um you know they did the Friendship the Magician. That was the other thing I was trying to think of. So they did Friendship the Magician. They did like these little <laughs> weird magic tricks. By the way, that dude was wearing the most neon lime green shirt I think I've ever seen. He was um, like pulling. He was he was doing that thing where he pulls all the tissues out of his mouth, which was just bizarre yeah. and awkward. And, and Jericho weird. was using it as a scarf afterwards. Yes. Um, but then, you know, but Owens. Well, then after that, Jericho gave like this heartfelt, like almost baby face kind of turn of. Hey, you're my best friend. You know, this has been, you know, one of the best times of my life when it comes to WWE, and I totally appreciate you. And Owens gives him and a You know gift. he was being honest. You know he was being honest because Chris Jericho has had a fantastic run with Kevin Owens. And so mm-hmm. I I think it pulled at our heartstrings. Right. Oh, because... by the way, I almost forgot one of the most important elements of this whole thing. Owens got ticked off at him and said, Hey, we're supposed to be out here kicking the crap out of Goldberg. (laughs) And they went to break (laughs) and they come back. And yes, Gilbert comes back with the whole sparkler entrance and everything. There's like three guys. And the funny thing is like before they even showed the shot, like the crowd knew it because they saw three people up there with sparklers and you could hear the crowd start laughing and you're like, what are they laughing at? And the next thing you know, the camera goes to the entrance and and there it is, the three people holding sparklers and Gilberg coming out, which was awesome. Just the, it was so great, man. And then uh, 
He and looked then, as good as he's ever looked, too. And that's exactly God what they him. said on the broadcast. They're like, it looks like he always has. I mean, that dude doesn't age. Nope. And Owens like, jumped out of the ring and just beat the hell out of that dude, man. And But then Jericho gave the promo. And like you said, he was tugging at our heartstrings and everything. And then Kevin gives him a gift. And he, you know, they open up the box. And it's a new list. And then Jericho holds it up. And he says, well, wait a second. Why am I the only name on the list? And then when you look at the back of it, it says the list of KO. And you knew that Kevin Owens was about to turn on his buddy. Man, just the timing and everything on that. I mean, that is this is going to be one of those memorable segments yes. because of the way that they played it out and just hit everybody. We didn't see it coming. It wasn't something that we expected at all. They went through all of the different steps of it and played it out fantastically well. And then Owens jumped his friend and beat the hell out of him. And it was it was so well done. It was the best Raw segment in quite some time. I think it was the biggest surprise we've had on Raw since Triple H turned on Seth Rollins last year. I thought you were get... going to say since Goldberg forgot his lines after he smashed his head into a door. <laughs> that was not surprising at all. Nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, if it's, if it's not just you're next or who's next, Goldberg doesn't always perform under the gun. Anyway, um, speaking of Goldberg, where are we on the uh, Goldberg undefeated count? <laughs> oh, I got to find the Goldberg. Uh, oh, man. Oh, who, who, was number, who was number 65? Hold on, that's, hold that's on. Hold on. Uh, hold on. I got to bring it up. I got to bring it up. Re- William Regal, was he back? Who was he beat like five well, times? I think it would have been Stephen Regal, you Steven know? Regal. Oh, yeah. I need, the man's uh, man before he was I got, the I got man's to, man. I got to find the list. God, I've had this before. I should have this like book. I love. I wait, wait. Love. I think I got it. I think I got it. Hold uh-huh. on. Let me bring uh-huh. this up here. I got to bring up the list. Got to bring up the list. Oh, that's not it. Damn it. Uh, Where's damn the it. list? Live TV. I need, will to, do it to, you I need to know how many times you beat Lodi in a row. You need a, You need a producer in your ear giving you this information, feeding it to you. Speaking of feeding information, too, can we just get... I'm, I'm sorry. I know you like Byron Saxon, but... Oh, I got the not. list! The list, okay. I have the list! Okay. My God. That period where... In 98, in early 98, where he beat Jerry Flynn <laughs> six straight times. No, he beat him five straight times and six out of seven times. My God. Or even after that, he beat Fit Finley on house shows in Montgomery, Alabama and Chattanooga, uh-huh. Tennessee. Those fans loved it. Those fans ate it up. Yeah, Montgomery were, fans. You ain't, dude, you go to like the summer of 98. He beat Kurt Henning in one, two, three, four, five. Six out of eight matches. No, six Mr. out of seven. Six Mr. At- perfect. Oh, Mr. my God. Mr. Perfect lost to a guy who literally was perfect. Dude, how how get terrible this. is that? He beat him. He beat Kurt Anning at WCW Melee in Los Angeles. Yeah, that was a thing. He beat him at Bash at the Beach. Then he beat him on Nitro in Las Vegas. He beat the Giant in a dark match at Thunder, which was counted as part of the undefeated streak. Then he would go on to beat Kurt Anning three straight times at house shows in Oakland, California, Spokane, Washington, and Yakima, Washington. He'd go on to beat the Giant again. And then at the Goodwill Games in Manhattan, Goldberg beat Kurt Henning again. There was, there was, uh, they had a match at the Goodwill Games. Uh, Ted Turner demanded it because he owned the Goodwill Games. (laughs) We're going to showcase some real athletes. Bring out Goldberg. (laughs) Get out Goldberg. 
He's like uh, your your worst sex partner ever, right? You get 30 seconds out of him. And that's Why am I doing a Ted Turner like Vince uh, McMahon? I don't get it. I don't know. I feel like this segment is going off the rails as we speak. This you is... demanded that I break out the Goldberg list, okay? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just going to point this out. I loved the response from DIY. Johnny Gargano <laughs> <laughs> uh, grabbing the uh the tv and moving right because they were uh, worried about uh, could something similar happen so johnny gargano because they live together gargano right. and champa so gargano grabbed the tv and was like pulling it away and champa had this puzzled look on his face in this picture and it was like just in case because of the friend you know the festival of friendship because owens did smash jericho into the geritron whatever it was so here's here's a question that came in this week I know we're not doing our question segment yet, but um, our good friend, uh, the William Adams, uh, wrote in, here's a relevant question. Does Michael A. Wiseman ever fear that Brian might throw him through a TV? <laughs> and I got to say, we're talking about bringing back some of the old BTR hoes for a possible, you know, seeing them at the Jim Ross show and another get together. I'm a little concerned right now. Michael and- is going to be at one of the Jim Ross shows. Uh huh. And yeah. I don't know what the setup is there, but. I'm going to tell you right now. Well, you're telling me there's going to be a setup. If we begin the show and there is a television up on the stage, you might get a little nervous. Oh, God. I I am am (laughs) concerned. Now, remember. Now, do remember. When you came to stay at my house, I did put a (laughs) bloody knife in your This is no joke. My wife and I thought, what the hell is going on here? Because you showed us the room, and I was sitting there for a couple months. I go... Wait a second. There's a bloody knife sitting on this nightstand. Now, mind you, it's a fake bloody knife, but it was a bloody knife nonetheless. And I thought this was like a precursor to something that might happen. Welcome to North Carolina. We're all backwoods serial killers. God, I, I totally <laughs> believe that. Um, oh, so man. also on Raw, the most notable thing that happened was to end the show. They had a women's match. It was Charlotte taking on Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship. And Bailey won. And... I was very, very surprised by this. And I know that they're doing the thing where Charlotte is undefeated on pay-per-views, but I thought this was too early. I mean, it was it was a great moment for Bailey, and I don't want to take anything away from that. And they both worked their ass off, and they had a really, really good match. But WWE is in this mode right now of let's create a moment on Raw. Let's create these big things, and let's... Let's get the fan reaction from things, too. So we can get this moment of somebody winning a championship for the first time, doing something important, catching that. And on top of that, we get these fan reactions of people going nuts in the crowd and the emotion that they have when these moments happen. I don't get it. I mean, like you said, kudos to Bailey. She's earned it. She deserved it. Special moment for her. And I don't want to take away from that, but I am going to take away from it. And that is because... Raw, and, and I don't know if it's Vince McMahon, I don't know if it's the writing team, I don't know who is in charge of this, but they seemed hellbound on taking these great moments uh, that would be so memorable at pay-per-views, at championships, um, uh, these championship spouts that would happen in, in big stages, and hot-shotting them through and making them happen on Raw. And now it creates a memorable moment for Raw. But I'm going to go back to the Sasha Banks thing. If Sasha Banks had won her championship at SummerSlam, it would be a SummerSlam moment for the ages. If Bayley had broken Charlotte's undefeated pay-per-view streak at Mania to win her first championship, it would be a women's championship moment 
for the ages. And instead, because it's so close to the last title exchange in December, it feels like yet again, we're hot potatoing the women's championship on raw uh, for short term, for short term pops, but lacking that long-term emotional payoff. That's a big thing for me is, you know, playing hot potato with that championship because I mean, Charlotte's already won it. How many times is it like four times? Yeah. And, and it, like and Sasha Banks has won it three times already. Now Bailey has won it. I, I understand that they have this streak going on with Charlotte at pay-per-views. And one of two things is probably going to happen. One, Charlotte could win the championship back at Fastlane and then maybe lose it again at WrestleMania to Bailey. Or Bailey could defend it and then Charlotte, Charlotte could win at WrestleMania. Bailey could end Charlotte's pay-per-view streak at WrestleMania. So, I mean, they could still do that. But to me, the story doesn't have as much oomph as it would if it was the dual thing of Bailey beat Charlotte on a pay-per-view, ending the streak, but also winning the championship for the first time. And this goes to the whole argument to me of WrestleMania. Remember when WrestleMania was the culmination of feuds? And I know that's a little bit different now, or it's a lot different because, you know, you have so much television that you have to fill up time with. You have so many different pay-per-views. But, you know, WrestleMania used to be this big thing where, hey, this would be the ending of a rivalry or an ending of an ongoing feud that's been going on. And I still think you can do that. Um, it's not going to be as long as some of the other ones in the past. It will never be like Hogan and, and Savage or back in the day, which was a year-long storyline, and they only had four pay-per-views a year then. But I still think there is a way to do it where you can have these meaningful feuds and they could build up to a match at WrestleMania where there's a lot of emotion on the line. And now they're taking away a lot of that motion by the way that they are booking their television shows. And like I said, I understand they got to fill up programming and they got to try to put on entertaining television to get ratings and get people to continue to watch. But I think to some extent they give away too much or there's another way around it where you can you can kind of serve both at the same time and, and preserve these big moments for the pay-per-views, especially when you're talking about your major pay-per-views. Completely agree. I, I think SmackDown has done the exact opposite of Raw, and they have built up these big moments for Alexa Bliss, um, for AJ Styles. They've done these things that they still have great television every week, but they don't hotshot title changes or hotshot the endings of stories to make them happen. And I'm with you, brother. I, I, these these feuds need to carry into Mania season. They need to have a payoff. Fans want payoffs from their storylines, and there's no off-season in professional wrestling. You're right, but I'm going to use the AJ Styles-John Cena feud as an example. Now, it could be extended to Mania, but if it ended at Rumble, it felt like a complete feud and a complete story, whereas with with, with Bailey and with Charlotte right now, it just feels like we're in the middle of, a, yet again, another hot potato title exchange, and right now, never thought I'd say this, the, the women's division on Raw is stacked. Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Bayley. Three of the four horsewomen. SmackDown got Becky Lynch. No disrespect to Becky Lynch. She was never as popular as the other three. And yet, the women's division on SmackDown feels deeper, and that title feels like it has more prestige than the Raw championship does. Yeah, I think it does, and I think it's going to be interesting when the time comes, if it does come here in the next few months, of Asuka and oh, yeah. with her getting brought up and where they would put her because, I mean, 
I can make the argument, and I have made the argument, and I've even put it in a prediction piece on Sporting News that I thought Asuka would stay in NXT for the entire year. I could easily see that happening. I could also see her coming up right after WrestleMania. And I think you can make an argument that she would go to either brand. You know, I mean, I think she would go to Raw, quite honestly. No, no she's got to go to SmackDown. They need her there, and she is a great in-ring t- addition she, to that brand. Either either brand that gets her, it's going to be great. True. But I, True. I, well, here's another one, too, while, while we're talking about this. So I, I feel pretty certain that, you know, right after WrestleMania, that the Revival is going to be brought up to the main roster. I thought all along, and I would really like to see them on SmackDown because I would like to see them view with American Alpha again. And I think they could, there's the, you know, the tag team division, they have what, like seven tag teams on that brand, maybe six. But when you look at some of them, you're like, okay, that's not a strong tag team necessarily. You know, it's, it doesn't have the prestige. It's not as built up. The Ascension. <laughs> right. So, but, but on raw, it feels like there's better tag teams, maybe not as deep. I would like to see the revival on SmackDown, but I have a feeling that revival is going to end up on raw. And just because if you look at the natural uh, opponents for them being a, a, the heel tag team that they are, you could easily see them doing something with Enzo and big Cass. But the real big one to me that I think that from WWE standpoint, if I'm guessing right here would be the revival against the new day, because you've got the new day fun and games and, you know, all the little things that they do, you know, to entertain the masses. And then you've got the revival who's no flips, just fists straightforward. We're going to go in the ring. We're going to beat you up. We're going to grab the titles and we're going to leave. You know, there's nothing fancy about them. So I've got a feeling that the revival, when that day comes that they get called up, it's going to be on raw. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I think that would make sense against now. The problem you have is bringing up another rough and tough heel tag team that is very much in the vein of the club i think both of those teams have similar characteristics we don't take crap from nobody right uh we you know so i think that is whereas smackdown they kind of have that with the ascension but the ascension isn't taken seriously enough sure Uh, which by the way that tag team match sunday night i I know we're kind of past pay-per-view was a weird event I, I just felt the ascension beating everybody up the use was coming back down it was a weird situation i'm glad American Alpha One. It was an odd, odd tag team match. When it comes to WrestleMania and nothing against those other tag teams, I really, really hope that the SmackDown tag team title match is going to be American Alpha against the Usos. I don't yes. want to see three teams, four teams, okay. five teams, a hundred teams. I, I just don't want to see that. Can I just want a straight up tag team match between two really good teams? Yeah, um, and that's one of the problems they get with WrestleMania is they want to put all these, like, imagine if the card from SmackDown side is the Usos versus American Alpha. Uh, of course, the Usos playing the heels um, in this new gimmick they have. Um, imagine if it is uh, Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin for the Intercontinental Championship and some kind of no-holds-barred or last-man-standing match. Um, these singles matches have some legs on them because they're being started. These feuds are being started in the middle of February. If you make that a multi-man match, either one of those, it takes something away from the impact of that feud and that story. Yeah. You know, I, you know, when I, when I, when I talk about WrestleMania and where they're going right now, so we feel we have a pretty good grasp on the entire card, except for the women's matches. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. So, when it comes to the other matches, do you feel pretty confident 
like, do you think they're going to change anything from what maybe they had lined up? Because, I mean, we just uh, talked about, like, the for the SmackDown Championship, the WWE Championship, you know. It seems like they're going to change that, but we don't know. Maybe they're just going to add Harper to it. So I, I do think the other match you could see some changes happen to uh, would be... Uh, the, the one match that comes to mind is Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. And I see a scenario where they put Braun Strowman in that match, number one, to help out with The Undertaker, who probably needs some help at this at this point, um, and number two, to continue the feud with, with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns past uh, next month's pay-per-view. Well, I was going to say, if they, if they did that, where would they put Roman at WrestleMania? That's what I'm saying. They put Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, and The Undertaker in the oh, threat match. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's going to be a fast-paced, uh, high-flying match. Oh, my God. You know what's going to happen. You know that's where they're going. No, I, I really think they've done a great job with building Braun Strowman. Yes. But I really think what's going to happen is Roman is going to beat Braun at Fastlane, and then Braun is going to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and then they will continue said storyline between Braun and Roman following WrestleMania. Does the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal mean anything? No. <laughs> it's like the King of the Ring, if the King of the Ring was won by Billy Gunn, the one Billy Gunn. I mean, are we going to see Braun Strowman come out and fold his arms like Andre the Giant does on the trophy, like all the guys do? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I want to well, know, does, does Baron Corbin physically have that trophy? Well, who won it the year before? So so Baron Corbin won the it. The Giant, uh, Big Show won it the first year, and then okay, Baron Corbin won it the second year. Didn't he have a trophy? He like beat somebody with it or something. Well, no, 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 no. Cesaro won it. Oh yeah, and and remember then, then he was a Heyman guy. Yep. And everybody went that. crazy, that was... and it lasted about two months. <laughs> that was a great feud. That was amazing. Mm. Yeah. Um. And now he's like James Bond, Superman, right? Man of mystery. Who knows? Yeah. And I'll hold off on one of the other scenarios because I know that it's in the questions we'll get to here in just a couple minutes. Um. And that's dealing with the, you know, with uh, Goldberg and Lesnar, you know, Kevin Owens against Jericho. That's pretty obvious now that that's yeah. going to happen. And yeah, I, I honestly, the, the, the matches that I don't have a grasp on are the, are the women's matches for both brands, because now when it comes to raw, you've got, um, you know, Sasha Banks is there. Bailey's there. Charlotte's there. Nia Jax is there. I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I mean, the, the belief is they're going to do a four way, which might happen. I could see a scenario where it was just Bailey against Charlotte. I could even see a scenario where they just did Bailey against Sasha mm-hmm. at WrestleMania, which which a lot of people believe they're going to hold off until until SummerSlam, and then they'll do it in Brooklyn, where obviously they had the incredible match that they had um, for NXT Brooklyn a couple years ago. But I could see a scenario where they bump that up to WrestleMania. That would be interesting. But then I, Charlotte I, would not be in the women's championship match on at WrestleMania. I mean, I, I am hoping they do more cross-promotional matches on, on Mania. I think Mania is a great spot to do it. I don't think they're going to do any. Mm. Mm. I really don't think they're going to do any cross-promotional but, matches. But if you're going to keep it to women's only on Raw, then I guess Bailey and Sasha would make sense. Right. And I don't know what the women's title match is going to be over on, on SmackDown as well. Now, one of the one of the rumors that have been going around is that there could be some women from the past making a return and being a part of this show. There's even been some talk about a women's Royal Rumble. Oh, that would and, be cool. 
And like there was rumors in the past that maybe Lita was going to be on the show. Kelly Kelly was backstage at Raw. There's talk that maybe she'd be a part of WrestleMania. Um, Kelly Kelly. Yeah. And then there's even some people wondering, like, could Trish Stratus do something? So it remains to be seen. Um, but I, I don't know what match they would do on SmackDown otherwise. The great thing about it, and, and I didn't emphasize this enough earlier, but women's wrestling is in such a great spot in WWE right now. The fact that we had three women's matches, none of which were terrible, um, and, and that we had Nikki and Natalia with, with a pretty good outing. Um, Becky, uh, did, she's doing so much for that brand. I just I can't express enough how happy I am to see women's wrestling in the spot that it is right now for this company where your women's matches, three women's matches can be on a card and it be a great card. On that note, um, I'm going to, I'm going to give the floor to you. Please see you next week. Oh no, wrong, wrong note. Sorry. Please (laughs) explain what happened on raw with Emelina. Oh, well that's, it's, it's easy. She has this new gimmick um, where she has been for weeks, uh, staring in the windows at children, 17 weeks, weeks. (laughs) For 17 weeks, she's been standing and staring in the windows of small children. She's got like this uh, white mask on. Um, and then there's been rain around her and she wears a trench coat to the ring. And she's been, you know, they took this movie title called Seven and they bring her out because she used to play a gimmick in another organization um, where she wore a lot of gold. And then she comes out and she takes off all of it and says, I'm not doing this gimmick. I'm Dusty Reynolds. I'm the son of, of Dusty. I'm Dustin Reynolds. I'm the son of Dusty Reynolds and all this stuff. And uh, Dusty rose and and then she goes back and they do the shoot angle uh, right Mm. that's what's happening right i don't think so they literally recreated the shoot angle from wcw with gold dust back in 1998 it happened it happened after 17 weeks of them teasing emelina she comes out in a gold dress and says here i am and now you will see the makeover of emelina to emma and then she walked to the back I was like, what just happened? I don't know what this means for her going forward. I hope it, she goes back to like the uh, p- almost kind of like a police officer gimmick, I guess. Just just like the rough <laughs> and tumble where she had, you know, she had the, the gloves and she had the sunglasses. Like she was like portraying Ponch from Chips from back yeah. in the day, you know, which is I, and she's really, really good at it. Um, I, otherwise, I don't know what I mean, there's there's been some reports out there that said WWE didn't like the way that she was playing the character, and that's why they went away from it. Um, well, she couldn't. So, so like, so to first off, we have a saying for this kind of situation in wrestling here in between the ropes. Yeah. It By the is, way, let me let me give proper attribution. Now, it was pro wrestling sheet, and they had they had a they had a story out there that said they did some run throughs, and WWE didn't like the way that she was playing the character, and they pulled the plug on it. They just figured this out Monday night, though. I mean, like, they've been advertising this for weeks. Like, what What are you guys doing? She's still but been rehabbing her injury the entire time. We we have a saying for this here between the ropes. Uh, some of you might be familiar with it. We call this another damaged angle. And God bless them, but this angle, like, actually, God bless nobody. This angle was terrible. It did not fit with the Emma that we knew from years past. Uh, the persona she defined herself as, which was being this tough wrestler, this kind of goofy character, but a tough wrestler who could do some pretty impressive things. Um, and and for them to kind of, when she came out and she was saying the things 
it sounded weird. She couldn't, she didn't even have the voice for it to project Emelina. It sounded like she was doing a half accent, uh, a, a, a half gravelly voice. It was just, it was awkward. To me, but, this is one of the issues you have when you do not immediately work hand in hand with the talent for a gimmick. And yes. that, okay, I don't think she came up with it. I, right. I don't know that for a fact, but I don't think she came up with it. I think, I think creative came up with it. But they didn't go to her and be like, this is what we're looking for. Show us right now if you can do it. Right. And if she can't right. do it, then you don't go forward with it. But if she can, then you can make the plans and work towards it. And the whole thing has been a debacle. I, I hope it does not affect her going forward because I think she's really good in the ring. Yes. I think before she got injured, um, she was really starting to take off and they were going to do some really good things. Um, but now I, I don't know what's going to happen. Guess we'll see. I I I'm with you. It just did not. Why did you not just cut the angle? You've been doing this for weeks, but people were not that excited about it. And if she had just come out and she was like, "I don't know what all that hot mess is, but I'm here to kick some ass and take some names." And Sasha, you've been up here saying you deserve X, Y, and Z. Come out here and prove it. How come I've been called up from NXT and nobody respects me, but you call yourself the boss? And if she came out and cut a scathing promo on Sasha Banks uh, and she challenged her to a match and she had this great Raw debut, it would have all been forgiven and all been forgotten instead of what they did, which was this five-second throwaway awkwardness, damaged angleness. Uh, awkward would be the – that would pretty much be apropos for how to describe that. So Actually, that uh, would be what, would be what, I, what happened whenever I tried to tweet about it Monday night, and I could not geez. just tweet. <laughs> you had some issues on, 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 on Twitter, uh, man. I blame my manager. It's all my, it's all my people's yeah. fault. So. Uh, a couple things, and we'll get to uh, questions. Um, we, we haven't talked about Impact in a little while. Oh, so okay. we got to talk about the Hardys. So Broken Matt Hardy and Jeff apparently now can teleport through space and time mm -hmm. and uh, just, you know, travel to different places to, as they uh, begin their expedition of gold, which is basically them traveling the world, going to various promotions and trying to win the titles in each promotion, which is going on right now. But the way they, so they explained it and they touch Vanguard one and they get teleported. And on this night, they got teleported to Tijuana <laughs> and, um, so next week they will show the match. They take on Super Crazy and Psychosis for uh, tag team championships there. I will say this, though. The stuff that they shot with the crowd, it is insane. Um, because they get near the building and there's just droves of people and they're going nuts and everybody wants a picture. And Matt Hardy just keeps going, where are these tag team champions? You know, and he just wants <laughs> to find the champions to face. And they show the teaser for next week. And at one point they show, I guess it's the promoter or somebody. And he goes, the Hardys, they just showed up. They're here. And like, he's saying this in a, in a manner because the building has gone insane. Like everybody is going nuts because broken Matt Hardy and brother Nero are there. And just everybody is like, Oh my God. You know, it's just this wild scene. And this is what we're going to see for the Hardys going forward with this expedition of gold as them going around to various promotions. Um, they even teased going to the uh, Honor of Ring to take on the Bucks of Youth. And maybe they would show up in Meek Mahan's promotion. Um, 
So this is what's going on. They're going to go around to all these different promotions and try to win the tag team titles there. Uh, I think the curious thing now is what is going to happen with the storyline going forward? Because there are some people that are going to be like, this is way too far out there now because now they're time traveling, you know, and whatever. Um, they're basically warping the different places. Um, and I think the most uh, important opinion about all of this are going to be the people behind the scenes now with Impact because they have a new team that's running the place. So Jeff Jarrett's back as basically the executive producer, and he's going to be running things on day-to-day basis. Dutch Mantel is back on the uh, creative team. I think he's even going to be the head of the of the team. Uh, Scott Dumore is going to be back there as well. Scott, of course, was a longtime guy with the company. I think when they had their most success um, when it came to the business that they did, I think they were on Spike TV at this point and also doing pay-per-views. The three of them were in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Demore, <coughs> there it is. Um, Scott Demore at is. one point um, was was the booker. I mean, and remember, he did a lot of stuff, Team Canada, because he's Canadian. He knows a lot of those guys. So I, I don't know what the thinking is because we're talking about, especially when it comes to Jeff and Dutch, we're talking about a couple of old-school guys, and this is a very unique really out there storyline with the Hardys. It's got to go. Jeff Jarrett, Dutch, old school guys, they're not going to stand for it, I don't think, in the long term. I, I love it. I think it's something – I never thought I'd say this. It was weird, um, and it's it's the same things that I don't love about it in Lucha Underground. There's just something that's working for them right now in TNA that's making it click. So uh, it's it's unique. It's something different in the wrestling scene. Um, I would love to see them in uh, Mick Mahan's uh, scene doing this. Mick Mahan. Mick Mahan. But you, Jeff Jarrett's not going to stand for this in the long term. He's not. He's just not. I don't know. I mean, it's been successful. Have they really monetized it, though? Have they really put their arms around it when it comes to you know impact as a company? I think the Hardys have done a really good job with it. Um, and I think they've they've done well probably monetarily as well, especially if they sign new contracts um, wherever right. they wherever they sign. I think that's where they're going to cash in on this. Um, but I, I don't think the company has done enough when it comes to money on this. And I'm not exactly sure how they can because I mean to me they would have to cut a deal with the Hardys when it comes to merchandise, and they've done all their own merchandise, which is available on Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, so. There's a lot of questions to this. I, I don't know. I mean, I if they're going to keep them, obviously they have to continue to do something with it. This means giving them a certain amount of creative control. That's where the question lies. Do the new people in charge, do they like the storyline? Do they have plans for it? Will they give the Hardys a lot of leeway and creative freedom when it comes to this? Or will they say, will the Hardys say, hey, you know what? I, I don't, I don't think they're really going to embrace this and we need to move on. Do and then think, and then the question comes, what will WWE do if that's where they go? Do you think, though, that Jeff Jarrett, uh, Dutch, want to keep the Hardy Boys? It I do. Not- I think they want to keep them, but they've got they've got to, you know, lay out plans for them and says, this is what we we are going to do. Here's our plan. We're going to revoke your creative freedom. You're going to be the Hardy Boys again from well, Cameron, well, I mean, North Carolina. They, they need depth and they need stars. And if they let the Hardys go, that's two stars. Yep. Because two I mean, stars. we talk not six stars, two stars. Right. But we we talk about them. Obviously, obviously they're a tag team. But I mean, you can when the time comes, you can obviously split them again 
and you've got two separate stars, you know, and a brand that, that needs stars. But I don't see them going back to WWE. But, you know, TNA, Impact Wrestling, they need to keep them. And yeah. there, there's, a, there's some interesting interplay, I think, going on between the sides, I would think. Now, maybe, yeah. maybe we're overblowing it. I don't know. But, I mean, you just look at the track record that's going on here, and you have to think that discussions between the two signs has got to be fairly interesting, to say the least. I agree. I, changing the subject somewhat drastically. Do you want to um, talk about I, some movies? Well, we can talk about... Uh, speaking of movies, I have some breaking news here. This is this is just happening. Ooh. Um, this is huge, huge, Play huge. the breaking news sounder. Okay, huge news here. Arnold Schwarzenegger tweets out, and this is a non-political podcast. We are not talking about politics in any kind of judgmental way. It's going to be huge. Arnold Schwarzenegger tweets out, uh, when Congress is less popular than Herpes and Nickelback, how do 97% of them get reelected? Gerrymandering, period. Nickelback tweets back at Schwarzenegger, big fans, approval rate this, Batman and Robin, please leave us out of your future wisdom drops. Arnold tweets back at Nickelback, that's ice cold i hope we can agree that we need a freeze on gerrymandering guys thanks for the reply did he when he said ice cold did he say baby <laughs> he said i'm going to put you on ice baby it's not the tuma it's not the tuma get to the chopper get to the chopper that's ice cold i hope we can agree arnold schwarzenegger is on twitter feuding with nickelback oh it's the greatest moment of my life right now this is the greatest moment of my life only to be topped if I get to chat with The Miz mm. at WrestleMania. Let's talk some movies. Movies. So, I love so, movies. so two movies you had to talk La La about Lands. this week. Ah, uh, yes. City uh, of Stars. Um, uh, so The Rock uh, is doing a movie that's wrestling themed, and it's about Paige and her family, and it's called Fighting With My Family. And this is being done through WWE Films as well. So it's very interesting that this is going on. But they've hired, or they got some some pretty big names that are attached to this project. So Lena Headey, who's part of Game of Thrones, she's on this. And then now, apparently, Vince Vaughn is attached to this movie. Well, weird. Weird. We do not know the roles for anybody. And the other thing is, too, like, we just thought, like, okay, they announced this, and they're going to start filming it whenever. They're filming it now. Yes. Like, this obviously has been in the works and they just kind of let the cat out of the bag about it. And they are filming this movie now. It's it's so weird because the relationship with Paige has been so icy, partially because of her relationship with Del Rio. And is WWE, are they in on producing this or is it just? I believe it's a WWE Films movie. Right. Which is which is just such an odd thing to be happening right now. There, there's kind of this weird relationship between them and Paige. The Rock is producing this. It's. Well, this is The Rock's decision. This was his project. This is what he wanted to do. This is his idea. Well, it's it's just, it's strange all the way around, I think, that they're kind of going in bed together on this. But, interesting nonetheless, there are some crazy rumors. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to say this, uh, but a couple of sites have reported that Vince Vaughn is actually portraying Jake the Snake Roberts. That is wild if that happens. That That's uh, very, very strange and wild and i don't know about so does that mean we could see vince vaughn hitting people with short arm clotheslines and ddts that'd be awesome 
I, I I love this pick. I like Vince Vaughn. If you saw him on True Detective, he is uh, he's got some acting chops on him. He doesn't get to exercise them very often. He was on the bad season of True Detective. He was on the bad season of True Detective in a good role. Um, just a bad storytelling season. But I, I'd love to see him as as Jake. That would be cool. Let's talk about the other wrestling movie that's going to be coming out. It's it's, not even it's a movie. It's a sequel to the wrestler. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It turns out a... that Mickey Rourke's character did not actually Ram Ramsey the Ram or whatever his name is <laughs> did not die at the end. What? Uh, so an Andre the Giant documentary is being done. Um, this has been a lifelong project that Bill Simmons, formerly of ESPN and Grantland, and now with the Ringer, has been wanting to do for. He's been wanting to do this for a long time. He's been obsessed with doing a documentary of Andre the Giant. He was kind of the creator and heavily involved in the 30 for 30 documentaries that are done at ESPN, which have been fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, But now Bill is working with his own site with The Ringer, but he also works with HBO. So they have come to an agreement to do this documentary. And the interesting thing out of this is Bill Simmons is doing the project with HBO and with help from WWE. So they're going to get access to all the footage and everything. So WWE is trusting them to do this documentary and do it right about their most beloved character of all time and Andre the Giant, who, you know, nobody can mess with them because the McMahons are so tight with, with uh, Andre and his legacy. Um, now, Simmons is going to be the executive director on this. Um, I don't know when exactly it's going to come out, but um, he's finally getting to do the project he's wanted to do for the last decade. That's that's cool. It's it's weird still to this day that we have such a not, not no disrespect to Andre the Giant, such a legend, but um, that Mom we saw so many Mom so many projects. Get every, the snake away from me, Bobby. <laughs> so uh, no, no, no. Just I can't. Even, I don't even know how to follow that up. What do I follow that up with? I feel like you're making. I, fun I, of I the don't guy. even do a good impression. Dickerman does the best impression. Okay, he does the best one. Bobby, oh. get the snake away from Bobby. Oh man, it, it is. Uh, it's. I, I don't I have no words. Let's just all go watch <laughs> the Princess Bride. Remember Andre the Giant for that role, and um, let's let's move on with our lives. Can let's I cop on. to something here real quick? You can. You can cop. You know, I'm. I love going to the movies. I'm a big movie guy, right? Did you see La La Land? I heard. That I, really I've good. seen La La Land twice. Believe it or not, I've heard that was really good. It was like good music, and it made me cry a little bit. So you know. I've never seen The Princess Bride. What? 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 Uh, Elizabeth, it's the big one. What, what, what have you been doing with your life? I've never seen The Princess Bride. What? Why? Is, my my wife like likes it so I, much that I like purposely have stayed away from it for some I'm reason. I'm tempted to quit the podcast right now. I'm done. <laughs> it's a Get walk this. off from Weissman. He's just leaving. <laughs> I'm done. My career. I've never it's seen over. The Wizard of Oz either. I don't need oh, to. Okay. I mean, like, you don't need to. I mean, no. there, there's a girl, her dog. There's a tornado, and monkeys and witches show uh-huh. up, and some other characters. And there's a golden road, and there's red shoes, and they meet some dude, and then she goes back home. Have I you mean, seen? Okay, let me ask you this: Wizard of Oz. Okay, have you seen Jeepers Creepers two? No, I've never seen okay. Jeepers Creepers one. Jeepers Creepers two is basically the plot of The Wizard of Oz. So you're good. You're good. There were some kids in a school is there bus a that get attacked. There, yeah, there was a one, but it's not the same plot as The Wizard of Oz. Well, maybe it is. Both Jeepers Creepers movies together. I didn't know there the even was of, a Jeepers Creepers movie. 
yeah, Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. Where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers Creepers. Okay, anyway, those movies are the, basically the plot of The Wizard of Oz. So you're good. You're good, if you, but you haven't seen those. So. Let's get some questions, which everybody Let's... can ask us. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash Between the Ropes. And you can also go uh, on Twitter. You can follow us at Between the Ropes. Use the hashtag AskBTR, and that's where you can ask your questions. And since you refuse to give me an email address to make my life easier. I will have it for next week. No, you're good. You know what I, I did this week? I, I got this. I You know what I did this week, Brian? Uh-oh. I created a new column in TweetDeck. Yes, that's right, y'all. I use TweetDeck to manage my multiple Twitter accounts. The deck of tweets. You should follow me, myself, at The Real Wiseman if you, if you don't follow anybody else. But I did create a separate column with which I have hashtag AskBTR where I can pull up all the questions now. Look at you. So it's become very easy for you to do this. And I mean, this is the easiest gig I have on this show. Um, let's jump into Facebook first. So if you follow us on Facebook, we appreciate you. The book of uh, faces. Bring it. The book of faces. Uh, Facebook. Um, Facebook's Anthony King writes in, do we see Gilbert in the Hall of Fame this year or next year? <laughs> How about never? I don't, I don't know if he's asking between the two years or if he is asking if we will see him either year. You say The no. same year that Ralphus goes in. Oh, well, we will have him in the Hall of Fame at some point. He will be there. Mm. I hope Goldberg inducts him. That's my hope. Maybe we want Gilbert to induct Goldberg. Um, Gilbert and Goldberg. It would be, uh, that'd be awesome. Um, new tag team champions coming your way. Tim Clements writes in, do we now get 17 weeks of Emma Lima, Emma Lina transforming back to Emma promos? <laughs> yes, I think we do. Like one oh. week, she's slowly putting on the sunglasses. Another week, you you see a shot of, of her hand and she's slowly putting on the glove, you know, things like that. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, Philip Walchester um, writes in, uh, will Eva Marie be Benoit from the Page movie? <laughs> Whoa! You can't use that word. <laughs> Benoit. I don't know what, what they mean exactly. Um, you can't use that terminology, man. Kayfabe, brother. I guess maybe Eva Maria is kind of on the outs right now, too. We don't know. She's, she's, she was doing a movie. Um, I don't know if that project is done or what. But, I mean, she was suspended, obviously, from WWE, but then she was also doing a movie. Mm. My my good friend, our good friend, um, uh, Felipe Gutierrez Hernandez, who who brought us Piscola and took a picture with us. Uh, I didn't get any. You took it all. It, well, you don't drink. You don't drink unless it's like a cider or some nonsense. Mm. Took a picture with us at Mania. We love this dude. My friends, do you think that Roman could turn heel this 2017 um, and that we'll see more of Goldberg after Mania? Two questions. <sighs> when it comes to Roman, I think we'd all like to see him turn heel. I think they're almost going to have their hands forced if they go ahead with a match with The Undertaker simply because there's no way people are going to cheer for Roman against anybody, but then against Taker, it's going to be that much worse because he's a beloved figure. I still think that WWE, though, is in this mindset of whatever way people want to react, that's the way they're going to react, and we have a certain way that we're going to book Roman. So I, despite what kind of reaction that he gets at WrestleMania, I do not think they're going to turn him heel. I agree. I think they are so committed to seeing Roman Reigns as a face at this point that the chances of him turning heel are not in the cards. Goldberg, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who? Now, who, who? Yeah, Goldberg, I would say uh, I don't think he's going to be on after WrestleMania. I mean, I think he can make a, like, an appearance, but I, I 
think his in-ring career will be over. I think they've, they've got an idea for this, and, and it will be done. I mean, never say never. It's worked out really well for them so far, but I, I think he even knows his limitations. He did this because it was a good storyline that he liked, plus he wanted his, his son to see what he used to do, and um, and he's doing it now, obviously. So I, I think come WrestleMania, this will be it for him, for when it comes to in-ring action. Stazek. Stawawiak, and I'm sure I butchered that name, so wah, I wah, wah. apologize, Stazek. Um, what do you think of the announcement of the WWE Championship number one contender battle royal at next week's SmackDown? Um, we chatted a little bit about this. Interesting storyline, interesting direction to take. Um, I don't really think there's much else I need to add to that. Yeah, I, do. I mean, I mean, uh, I think Harper's going to win it, but, you know, we'll see exactly where they go. I think, if I had to guess right now, I think Harper wins it. I think AJ Styles continues to complain and moan and groan and say the de- deck is stacked against him. He's going to start dropping Shane McMahon's name coming up here um, in the near future in his complaints, and that is going to then set up the AJ Styles-Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania. Bill Dixon, frequent uh, frequent question poster and uh, commenter on the site. Um, what do you think of Sam Roberts being on SmackDown pre-show Sunday night, and how did he do? If either one of you guys were invited, would you go on the SmackDown pre-show and give your analysis? First off, WWE could not handle my analysis, mm. um, and they would have to bring on The Miz to co-analyses with me. Because for, Michael Wiseman is a flamethrower! Well, I'm telling you what, it would be uh, I would be the five-time greatest uh, analysers of all time. Um, Sam Roberts did a good job. He's did a good job. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be totally honest about this. I don't watch the pre-shows, but what? I don't watch the pre-shows, what? What? but, but Sam, I, I am sure that Sam does a very, very good job. And there's a reason why they have him included on that. Just like Peter Rosenberg. Um, they trust those guys and their personalities and their knowledge of the product, especially when it comes to Sam, who is a, you know, I mean, Sam knows his business to say the least. And, and so does Pete. Um, if they ever invited us, I can tell you right now, that's just not going to happen. For, what? Hey, whoa, what? What? I know, especially for me, it's not going to happen. It's not because they don't like me or anything like that. They use those guys for different reasons. Those guys, uh, when it comes to Rosenberg and it comes to Sam, they are personalities that, you know, obviously they do their own podcast, but, you know, Sam Roberts does the morning show on Sirius XM. Um, Jim Norton, Peter Rosenberg is on a big music station in New York. Plus he's also on ESPN. So you're talking about big name personalities and they're not covering it the way that we do. Like they will give their analysis and their opinions on, on their podcasts, but we're also doing some writing. Like I'm writing it for sporting news and believe it or not, there is like this extra kind of, I guess, journalistic element, if we want to call it that rather That's than true. just doing a podcast. So because of that, I don't think they would ever invite me on there. I could see them inviting Michelle Beadle, Bill Simmons, uh, Robert Flores, who was with ESPN. He's now over with the MLB Network. I could see guys like that being, uh, you know, asked. But I don't think they'll ask me or somebody else like myself that that reports on it or covers it, you know, for for a website like Sporting News. They don't. They don't typically ask journalists to go on there. They ask personalities. Yeah, who by are the way, when you call me a journalist, I I use that very loosely. Like I'm I'm covering it, but I'm <laughs> typically I'm not breaking news. Um, like other like some people that you know they're they're beating you know they're they're getting the source and they're beating the path and they're doing things like that. Like if I break news, typically it's because um it's something that comes out of an interview that I do with somebody. <laughs> 
He just said, "I don't take journalism. I don't call me a journalist. I don't take it very seriously. I will well, when always it comes to, run well, out my my wait, sources." No, and but I mean, when it comes to wrestling, rules. it's just like okay, I understand yeah. there is a very serious business to this, and there are some people that do a very very good job with it. But when it comes to my side of it, and you want to call me a journalist, I'm not like like I said, I am not calling sources and trying to break news. I, that's True. that's just not me. It's never been me. The people that do that, good for them. There's there's some guys out there that do a great job with it, um, but that's just not what I do. Sure. Okay, let's get to a couple of Twitter questions. Um, we'll come. Back By the way, if WWE does want to contact me for the pre-show, my phone number is four zero seven. No, wait, no, yeah, nine eleven five five five. Slip, slip, slippy writes back in. Ask hashtag SPTR. Is Dean Ambrose honestly good enough to be the number one guy? I get the feeling he's at mankind Triple H level in roster position. And I want to take a quick second to say I get the mankind comparison. Triple H was the lead dog for a while, especially after Austin kind of hit the shelves and The Rock was gone. So uh, I get what you're asking, though. Is he the top guy, the number one guy, or is he always going to be three, second, third, fourth, or fifth? I think when it comes to Dean, just what whatever's in him has diminished. Like, I think a lot of people thought, like, this is kind of going to be this out-of-control kind of character, and maybe being a heel would be better suited for this. Um, but obviously, WWE has not done that. Um, and when it comes to his in-ring work, I think it's been very good, but it hasn't been stellar like some other people. So I think this is just the way that WWE sees him right now. But I think they could easily, you know, turn him up, you know, and and, and push him higher if they wanted to. But I think I think they're happy with the position that he's in right now. I think so, too. I, I don't think he is ever going to be the face of the company in the way that John Cena, that they want Roman Reigns to be, or, or that even AJ Styles has been. He's just not at that level yet. And who knows? He's got a long career ahead of him. We can never say never, but at this point, I don't see that as being, he's not carrying the company on his shoulders. Right. I think AJ Styles is closer to that position than, than Dean is. Yes. Agree 100%. Jonathan Branch. Okay. So let's say Goldberg wins the title. Then what? Brock wins it and is gone until SummerSlam? That's the interesting dilemma that could come out of all this because I think we expect Goldberg to beat Kevin Owens at Fastlane for the championship and then him to drop the title to Lesnar. Uh, Lesnar could be on the pay-per-view the following month. I don't know that to be a fact or not, but if that's what they do, that would be a very quick turnaround to once again have some have the, the title change hands. Um that would be three straight months where they would change that that title. So, but doesn't Goldberg get a rematch too? Like that's my question. If Goldberg loses it to Brock Lesnar at Mania, doesn't he get a rematch at some point in the near future? He's entitled to one. He could, but he could also retire and say, "Hey, I accomplished what I wanted to do." You know, um, it's well. It here's be- the other thing too that comes out of this. Could you see a scenario where Goldberg beat Lesnar again at WrestleMania? Yes. What if he just always beats him and retires? Maybe that was his stipulation. I beat Lesnar three times. Screw that guy. I'm done. Peace, homies. Peace. Are we going to see Finn Balor against Goldberg on the Raw after WrestleMania? Ooh. It would be so bad for Raw to have a vacant champion whenever SmackDown is kicking their arse in their ratings. Right. Well, the other thing is, too, like, if Lesnar's the champion... 
I don't know if they can, they've been able to do that in the past, but can they really afford to keep that title off the show for months? Even no. if he, you know, that that's I mean, you could sit there and say, okay, well, he has a match in May or late April or May, whatever that, that pay-per-view is for Raw. But then you'd be talking about three more months until SummerSlam. Nope. That would be can't, really, really tough. You can't do it. You can't. Not when SmackDown is pulling ahead of you. Unless you're doing something where Lesnar's a champion, he goes out of control, and they strip him of the title. Yep. But I don't I don't know if they would want to do that either. So that 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 is a dilemma, I think, right mm-hmm. now. that We'll see how it plays out. We uh, Francis wrote in, of course, to ask about Total Divas. Um, he oh, asked some other things, but Total Divas almighty. is always his favorite topic of conversation. I don't watch the damn show, man. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell is going on. He did ask about potential uh, Hall of Fame inductees this year. I'm not going to say anything because we have some rumors, but uh, I don't want to comment on that right now. That's something uh, three, we do have sources on that we cannot talk about. Three more quick questions. Uh, Matt Ellis uh, wrote in basically to complain about the booking of John Cena. What was the point of Cena beating AJ Styles if the world title was going to Bray Wyatt a month later? It kills Styles' momentum and did nothing for Cena or the SmackDown brand. And why can't Cena have that one guy he just can't beat? Like AJ Styles, it made the rivalry much more interesting. I well, said this last week. I yeah. think it always bothers me Cena walks away with the final win. I wish that Styles had got the final win here. Um, I, I think it would have made me happier overall well the winning of the title i mean that was done to tie rick flair's record but then nothing it wasn't really built up you know into a big thing now mind you he's only tied the record so he hasn't broken it and i think that's the big one but it is a curious decision that they went through all those hoops of having cena beat styles for the championship only to lose it shortly thereafter um and, and that's something that i think they could have held off on that's why if they were going to do Cena beats AJ for the championship. I thought that that should have been done at WrestleMania. Like, I think, I think you could have had AJ win this last match and you could have gone with, found a way to rematch it again at WrestleMania. I mean, the scenario that I came up with was that Cena got into the rumble, like Roman Reigns did. I came in last and he wins the rumble. That would have pissed a lot of people off though, but it would have made that match. I'm sure they could have found another way, some kind of scenario, some explanation to do that match again. But that's where I would have gone for WrestleMania. But instead, they um, did what they did. And it looks like it's going to be a mixed tag match with John Cena and his better half against The Miz and Maurice. And there you have it. I And the rumor uh, is that one of the reasons why they're doing that is because, well, two to one. Number one, Nikki, there was talk that she could retire, but I think... I think there's more to that she's not going to retire, but her schedule is going to be much more limited when it comes to her in-ring work. And the other rumor is that it's being done because after the match, John is going to drop to a knee and propose, and that will be done for Total Divas. Well, that's weird. How is he going to do that after he loses to The Miz? I don't I don't see how that mm. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, uh, we have two final questions here, non-wrestling related. Raman Shiriati writes in to ask us both a question. For you, Fritzy, he says, can Nick Young shock the world and win the three-point contest this Saturday night for our Lakers? Uncle Swaggy? He's just no longer Swaggy P? Uh, He could, but I doubt it because I'm not sure who else is in it, but I assume that, like, Clay Thompson's in it, maybe even Steph Curry. Um, So I I doubt it, but uh, you never say never when it comes to the three-point shooting contest if you get hot. 
And this last question is for me. Uh, will NCSU beat UNC tomorrow night, which is now tonight, which is coming on in about uh, six minutes. So you're probably going to find out the result of that before you listen to this podcast. But let me say we have, uh, to quote one Vincent Kennedy McMahon, no chance in hell at beating UNC tonight. And Gottfried, uh, God bless him, is going to be gone here in a couple of months from the NC State program. So, Wow, bold it. prediction from the Wiseman. I do love it, though. Please, let's talk about ACC uh, basketball. You know, Brian doesn't get in this with me because he's lame and watches the NBA. But please mm. send me your ACC questions. I love it. Um, I don't love my team right now. I do. I love my team. I don't love where we are. So. And if you'd like, you can always ask me questions about my beloved Cubs. That's right, your world champion, Chicago <laughs> Cubs. Because pitchers and catchers have reported and baseball season is right around the corner. Also, you can follow me. I'm at the real Wiseman on Twitter. You've I'm already Wiseman. said that. I'm Wiseman.ma on Instagram. I'm something Michael A. Wiseman. You've on, got a different uh, name for everything. Facebook. I and I, you know, just Google Michael A. Wiseman. Um, we'll have a party, a beer party, a beer at party. WrestleMania. Maybe WrestleMania. we will. So you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Brian Fritz, and of course, you can follow uh, Between the Ropes on Twitter. It's at Between the Ropes. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. Um, Please support us on Patreon. Um, anything that uh, that you feel comfortable with in helping us keep doing what we're doing would be much appreciated. Go to patreon.com backslash between the ropes and you can contribute there. In the meantime, please spread the word of the Between the Ropes podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review us. You can do that on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and on SoundCloud as well. So thanks again to everybody for listening. For Michael Wiseman, I'm Brian Fritz. We'll talk to you next time right here, Between the Ropes.